Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project. I am so excited today. We have Sugi on board. Welcome Sugi. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, we're going to talk about his career, uh, what he's done throughout his life and some of the cool things um, he's experienced through being a filmmaker. So welcome. How are you? Hey, oh, thanks so much for having me on board. This is, um, this is, I'm actually quite nervous as I've probably, <laughs> I've probably seen many times before this even started, but um, no, this is exciting. Um, I haven't done any podcasts before, so uh, um, yeah, this is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. I'm excited to have you, so thank you for agreeing to come on, and no need to be nervous. This is going to be a real cool conversation. So I guess um, maybe we'll start to chat about what it is you do and, and how you came to be a filmmaker and video director. Also, yeah, so I guess um, you could say, yeah, I'm a, I like to call myself you know, a filmmaker or a visual storyteller, um, and I've been doing it for a while. I actually started, um, I got really interested in filmmaking um, when I was in high school, actually, um, like uh, when I first started when I was in year nine, and um, I remember just, I think there was a year where um, I just watched, you know, a ton of movies with my parents, and then I think just, um, I just got so engrossed with the storytelling aspect of it that I was just like, man, I just want to make my own stories as well. And so for mm. our high school, like with my friends, like um, I remember at first using my dad's um, really old um, video camera where you film on those really old cassettes. Um, yeah. And I didn't even have any editing software. So, uh, um, so I remember I had to like, if I wanted to do different angles, I record one angle and then stop recording and then switch angles and then back and forth like that. So um, but yeah, I kind of just, um, yeah, I was just really into making, you know, telling stories with friends and all that. And, you know, we made a bunch throughout high school and then, yeah, then I went for a uni, um, studying, um, filmmaking and fine arts in Canterbury and, um, yeah, just kind of just went on, uh, just doing that, I guess. Um, yeah. what's interesting is that, um, so I've always wanted to be a, a film director. So that's, that's what. That's what got me on board and uh, got me um, interested in the first place. And so that was my aim. And then um, uh, I guess when I was studying film and fine um, at uni, um, you know, people find it, you know, people know what you're studying and all that. So I just became that guy with the video camera or camera. So um, just like throughout uni, I would just always get constantly hit up by friends or friends or friends. Be like, oh, hey, like we hear you do videos. Like, do you want to, can you make a video for this or that? And, you know, there's a lot of, um, um, the big part of um, Canterbury University was that there were a lot of um, clubs um, that, that hope do events and all that. So um, a lot of the clubs were hoping up about doing photos. And yeah, so photos was another thing as well that I kind of did, but that was just, that kind of just came hand in hand. But a lot of um, video gigs came through, which was, um, oh yeah, can you make a promo video for us? We're trying to, you know, obviously sell tickets to this upcoming event. And um, at the time, it would just be, um, uh, at the time, I didn't really make too much money. It was just more like, oh, we'll give you, you know, free tickets to the to the event if you want it. And yeah, and then um, I think what was interesting though is that in transition um, during uni though. Um, so my big thing was I really wanted to make short films and you know get into feature length films. But around the time we were at uni, then um, you know YouTube and all these online platforms becoming were becoming a big right. thing. 
Um, and also, you know, like um, around the time when I started as well, like DSLR cameras uh, were becoming very popular too. So my interest started shifting towards making online content. Um, so I think, yeah, so I just started making, and because I was doing that for a lot of um, the clubs and my friends as well, and all that as well, just making all these online content for Facebook or YouTube, like that kind of, that was kind of where I started heading towards. Like that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and then um, when I graduated as well, I think it just, um, I think just, I kind of just naturally just kind of, um, because I was still that video guy, I kind of just naturally just started, oh, now, now I'm freelancing, I guess. Now I can, I don't, I don't, I don't have any desire, I don't think, to work for a production company or anything like that. Because to be, uh, to be fair, I, I don't know, I think I enjoyed the freedom too much as well. Mm. <laughs> and like, this is, a, this is a time as well, I didn't know about any responsibilities or anything like that. Uh, but I was just freelancing um, and just um, through that, obviously at film school as well, you become friends with the uh, people above you, um, year above you or two years above you as well. So, you know, like when they're out of uni as well, they'll kind of get you on board to, you know, be, you know, an assistant or something like that on their music video shoot or something like that. So mm. that's kind of how I went, got by. And then, yeah, and then I think eventually maybe a year after – maybe no sorry six months after I graduated like as I was freelancing I think one of my really good friends who's you know a very business driven um person he was kind of like you should register a business um and make this official because you know you definitely should be GST registered and all that jazz that I didn't understand at all and I still don't really understand it all right now yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember I registered a name it was at the time it was called um Songu Hong so that's that's actually my name Sookie's my nickname um so uh Songu Hong video and f- photo production or something like that I can't really remember got my first ever you know official paid gig um under that name and it was even like they were like yeah yeah we'll fly up to Wellington to do this and I was like for this construction business or something I can't remember what it was I, I got fired actually after the first day um, really? yeah so I actually got fired from my first like official gig under my registered business um, oh my god yeah it was it was a real I guess bit of a this wasn't really the turning point for me but like it was a bit of like a, a reality check in a way where it's like oh shit I've been very lucky to have you know parents who've been very supportive in what I wanted to do, which was film, because I, you know, like, especially, in, you know, especially, I guess, I think culturally as well, when I remember, you know, telling my parents, um, oh, I want to do film, you know, it's a little bit like, oh, God, like, you want to do film, That's, there's so many uncertainties behind that. Yeah. Um, but I was, at the end of the day, that was so supportive. And so, yeah, when I got fired from the first show, I just remember mum being like, look, like, this is just the beginning. Like, this, don't ever think that this is the edge. Um, mm. you know, and so that was um very comforting of mum to say. And so um but yeah, what was what's interesting though is that even looking back at um looking back running Sugi Space now as a, a business, I actually never intended to get into business. Like I yeah never wanted it I never wanted it to run a business. Um and always I had for one I had no idea what I'm doing. Um and two, like um I kind of just wanted to um, I kind of just want to focus on creating um, and all that. And saying that, they're like, so back then, so when I got fired from my first job, though, like obviously that was really, that was really shit. And then I think I just didn't, I think for a while I didn't really pursue anything after that um, until from the same friend that got me that job, he actually got in contact with me again and said, hey, like I'm 
with um i'm in australia right now this music festival and i'm actually talking to savage right now and i was just like ah oh, what are you doing with savage he's like, oh we're just hanging out and all that and he's like yeah like i'll pass um pass um you know pass the phone to him and so like i, I, I all the signs out of the boat I was just talking to savage and he was like hey like i hear you do videos um um come to new zealand soon and this is when the time when they when he just made his comeback made um with the song freaks with timmy trumpet yeah. um so he was kind of like getting back into the you know performing and all that so he was like hey like i i need to start you know releasing more social media content and all that um first gig was like um him and timmy were playing at the x factor new zealand show over the years it's, you know that's how i kind of built relationship with him and then but then i kind of I went overseas so like you know did the classic oe thing after you graduate from uni as well and so but through that though that's where i obviously during my trip we did a motorbike trip in india in the pool um and um for three months and yeah i pretty much just documented everything through that and like did a lot of vlogging and stuff because that was kind of the time when i got interested so, oh maybe vlogging would be a cool thing to get into so i uh went over to the states actually for for the on the j1 visa apply for that and that was that that moment was a huge wake-up call and kick in the ass bit of a reality check was it going over there or yeah it really was because i think it made me realize that i was very fortunate to have a lot of people here back home who were very fond of my work right. um, and all that and um you know I, I had um when i got back from india nepal as well i, I had you know other friends who were doing other things who um got me on board with their projects and wanted me to film it and stuff so in a way yeah so i went over to the states thinking like you know i've got a bit of work under my belt you know um done some stuff for savage and um just did a music video as well for one of my friends who just became a dj producer that year um um bank i don't know if you've heard yeah, of him yeah um yeah yeah so um around that time he just started so we did his did his laneway show and um did a oh. second music video and so yeah so i kind of went over to the states thinking you know i've got a bit of work under my belt um and people seem to like my work which is great but then oh god it was a huge kick in the ass and um wake up call because yeah like it was just a whole different world over there and like yeah, i lived in new york for mm. seven months and so i tried to do wow. the video thing there and that's when it made me realize like wow i was just a i mean you know like the standard is is so much higher than back home um and also you know i'm a city of eight million eight million people which is you know twice the size of a whole country so For obviously sure. yeah you know so obviously there's like tens of thousands or i don't know hundreds of thousands of people who want to do the same thing as yours and everyone's on the grind trying to achieve mm. that um so yeah so i think that was a, that was a the thing is in hindsight that that was like that was so good to experience like i remember going you know getting rejected um and a lot of job interviews and stuff because it was kind of like one of those things i had a, at, at the time i was um i had a flatmate who um who grew up in the states actually and he was saying like you can't bring that kind of you know humble kiwi attitude when you're here <laughs> like you have to say mm. you're good at this you're good at that and also but yeah, yeah i wish i understood but also at the same time i just kind of realized like man like i am my stuff is absolute crap compared to everyone here <laughs> um which was you know like obviously it's not the best thing to you know always compare your work to other people but it was good just to see like okay like this is this is the stocks this is what people are looking for this is the standard so it was, mm. it was a really good push to in a in a very short period of time to um 
just improve on your craft and all that because I think it was a little bit of a little sense of complacency I think that I had yeah so that was a really good turning point for me you know and I, and I didn't do too much as in like my own video stuff I, I pretty much got contracted to our wedding videography company there um, so I did weddings once or twice a week and I was really good pay didn't have to do any editing and it was the only time as well um, that was the only time as well where I could eat it could I I could have a proper meal uh, because they'll feed you at the <laughs> wedding and you pretty Whoa. much have this yeah you pretty much have the same food as the guests are having so uh, and obviously at the, yeah very ideal and obviously at the time I was I was really broke as well so I was just yeah. pretty much living off dollar slices um, and just wow. packing on the pounds when I was in New York <laughs> and you know like in our in living situation as well was like you know there's five of us all from New Zealand as well five of us um living in a two-man apartment um so we pretty much it was pretty much like a like a backpackers with no yeah and like no one had any privacy yeah. New York was just like it was New York was a good time for me to really just experience the real world like um, mm. um and and see what it's actually like to be in the grind and all that but it was around that time though as well where uh, I saw my friend Banks so he had he was having his first tour around the states for his opening for Matoma this other DJ mm. who, who were in the same management and um, obviously um, there's a group of, a group of us from uni who were um, in New York um, at the time we were um, went to go visit him um, in Rochester one of the shows so um, and through that we met the other artists as well which is really cool and I think through that um, there was some sort of connection made there where um, about halfway through um, he had another good friend from New Zealand uh, move over and become good friends with the artist as well. And then after New York, when I decided to move to LA, um, that friend um, was looking for a place to live, which I had a place to live um, to move into. So um, yeah, so through that, he started, uh, I was just like timing, I think. So when I moved over to LA, he was like, hey, I'm started working for the DJ, these DJ group cheat codes that, um, that you met um, briefly. Um, if you wanted to, I can try get some get you on some shows and then do a couple of shows for free. Through them, you meet other people as well, and you kind of realize no matter how big the industry is, like it's actually very small. Like everyone kind mm. of knows everyone and all that. Um, but yeah, but uh, so LA worked out really well um, in that sense, and um, I found that especially in the states, it was just kind of it just kind of like everything just kind of just worked out pretty good. Like that, just meeting people and then just telling them what you do, and they're like, oh, cool, like well, I know this person is looking for a cameraman or something like, do you want to come on board? And it's like, sweet. I feel but like yeah. moving over to America is like a big way of putting yourself out there unintentionally as well. <laughs> and then you sort of opened yourself up to all of those opportunities. Um, and that's probably, you know, how you ended up meeting someone who then knew someone and then that turned into into something else as well. Yeah, it was just crazy. It was just crazy to experience like how fast everything moved over there. Like it's just like once – once the snowball goes, it get, it just keeps going, which is um uh which was insane. Um and but yeah, and it was it was one of those things that I remember like I felt like I was really settling in and into LA. I was like, oh man, this is great. But then, you know, you know, obviously my visa ran out. Um, so I had to come home. Mm. Um but again though, yeah, so when I came home back to New Zealand, um uh I had I did come back thinking great, like I it'd be easy for me to get get back into the whole, um, you know, video game here. I've worked in the States for a year now. I've got all this work under my belt. Um, and this is when I was like, cool, I'll make Sylvie Space an official, I'll incorporate that 
again, just because I think one the first gig I got for a friend was with uh, Montez and um, I think one of the first questions was, um, are you GST registered? And I was like, oh God, okay, I'm going <laughs> to do this thing again. Um, yeah. So yeah. that was just that. And then um, I have to say, like it was, again, a wake up call as in like uh, nothing was happening for, uh, uh, I was in a little bit of a lull, like nothing was coming through. And obviously, cause I had that mentality of like, what is going on? Like I've done all this work in the States. Like why am I, why am I not getting hired for anything and all that? I have a friend, a really good design friend who, you know, who I get in contact with just to kind of give me, you know, just, just kind of ground me every now and then. And, you know, she's just like, well, how did, how does any, well, how do people find you? So like, what do you mean? It's like, mm. well, do you know anyone in Auckland? I was like, no. And so, like, well, how is anyone going to know? <laughs> if you don't know anyone, how is anyone going to know, know about you? So I was like, oh, gee, you're right. So it's like kind of going back <laughs> to square. So again, so I was just going back to square one and just trying to meet people and network. And um, you see other content creators or filmmakers or storytellers that you really like and look up to. And, you, and, you know, I was very, um, there was one person that I reached out to, um, just wanted to connect and um, he was super nice. Um, I remember when I was, when I met him, he, he was like, look, I've only got half an hour. We've got three deadlines today, but yeah, come in and have a chat. And I was like, oh my gosh, like the fact that you've been giving up half an hour of your time with three deadlines that day, if that was me, I would have been like, nah, can't today, just let's postpone yeah. for another time. So it was very, very nice for him. Um, to even you know have a um you know to have me come in and just have a chat uh, really quickly and then um but it's just one of those things I yeah, had a good chat with him and he's like yeah just send me some of your work and then um a few months later um he hit me up and like hey I've got this tour with um 660 um because he's really good friends with them and um Nico and Vince are coming over so do you want to um come on board and help me out and I'm just like yeah gee wow. just super grateful that um people are like that you know there, there are epic people out there um mm. and um yeah so again just through that and then just putting out and then just I guess sharing work on your portfolio I guess but I had this sort of go up to and then there was a uh, a filmmaker who I was in touch with still in the states who worked with the same DJs that I did mm. and when he saw my stuff of 660 um um there was this Asia tour coming up with them that he couldn't do so he just he um, put my name forward. He was like, oh, yeah, get like Sugi's worked with the boys before, so get him on board. So, um, again, I was very fortunate enough to reconnect with the people I worked with in the States the year prior. I guess, like, on the back of what you've been saying, who are some influential people that you've met through filmmaking and some of your favorite, like, videos or short films that you've made? Um, around the time when I was traveling, um, when I first started traveling and stuff, um, Casey Neistat was a big inspiration for me oh wow I love uh, Casey Nice. yeah like I really loved his um I think that he got into daily vlogging around the time when YouTube was just becoming like this big thing um and that was it there was a point where I wanted to do that but at the same time it was, I realized it was one of those things where I don't know if I uh, hindsight was like I think I didn't actually want to do that it was just more because that was that was what everyone was doing that looked cool that I thought, yeah, that seems pretty cool. I could do that. Um, when I was in the States, um, definitely, you know, like those, all those um, uh, filmmakers who are in the music scenes, like Rory Kramer, Sam Calder, and those guys who, you know, who are like the main biographers for, say, the Chainsmokers and all that, like those were definitely mm. a huge, huge inspiration um, around that time. Like over the, over the years, I've, I've I've become a bit more like a lot of my filmmaking style has now gravitated kind of it's kind of come full circle. I kind of um, 
was really into kind of like you know raw um capturing raw moments and telling and like telling uh i guess a, a human story through that you know there's just so many people i really look up to um, yeah. in the creative world i guess but i guess the people i've met um this is one guy called um jordan ranson from motion bros um who's um a lifestyle content creator in new zealand like um met him a couple of years ago and he's um Stokes says one of the, one of my closest friends as well, and he's um his his storytelling is just absolutely inspiring as well. And in terms of some of the videos that you've made, what are some of your favourites that you've filmed? Uh, there's two that really sticks out for me. So I think one is this video I um called um, New York I Love You. So um a couple of years ago, I uh, went back to New York. Um, it was on a family holiday actually, and. I knew I wanted to make. I knew I wanted to make a, a video of my time there, but I didn't want to just make another kind of travel video or anything like that. Um, uh, so what I did like, it was a video where I went around and asked the locals what they love about the city and kind of to add that kind of human element to the video. So two years prior to that, when I was living in New York, I filmed every single day, but I didn't exactly do a lot with the footage. So it was mm-hmm. really nice. As I was piecing that video together two years ago, I went back to my old hard drive and saw all these old footage um, that I took when I lived there and just, um, you know, mashed the two together because there was so many kind of, because at that time back in 2016 as well, when I lived there, I was was like vlogging a lot. So there's a lot of like raw, raw moments captured and all that. So definitely my favorite at the moment, uh, my favorite would be, it's a film that's like not many people have seen actually. It was just a video that I made that was just a com- completely different. It was around the time when I was, you know, playing around with a lot of slow motion effects and like speed ramping and trying to get, you know, and drone shots and, you know, trying to get the slickest shots and, you know, trying to produce a polished polish video. It was just, that was White Tangy Day. And it was um, four of us, uh, one of my, oh, my friend Dre. Um, yeah. Who, um, who was up in Auckland for the weekend and um, he took three of us out to Murawai uh, to teach us surfing. Uh, I edited it in a way where it was like kind of like shot on like a DV camcorder. So like everything was raw, like handheld, like no slow motion, nothing nothing fancy or anything like that. I guess in a way, there, there, there was something I was going through at that time that I just wanted to express through that video. Um, mm. But I, I that's kind of like watch. That what draws me to a video is like if it evokes something, like a feeling, you know? Um, I think that's, in the day, like that's what I look for, um, rather than um, what what's got the most beautiful shots or anything like that. So I guess in the day, it's always about the story and the feeling. Your videos are super cool. I watched like pretty much all of them because I just loved like that video creation side. Probably because I could never do it and I'd be so shit. But when I watched them, I'm just like, whoa, like that's so amazing. <laughs> so I just could not do it myself. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. And I, I definitely enjoy watching them and love how um, those sort of videos evoke so much emotion. Leading on from what we were talking about, what what are some other things that you think helped you and contributed to your success throughout your video or filmmaking journey? I think with anything, you can't you can't do it on your own, you know. Um, so I was very, very fortunate and super grateful that I had a lot of friends who believed in what I did because, you know, when I first moved up to Auckland to, to start this thing as well, you know, I didn't, um, it was through it was literally through my friends who were already here that I knew from uni or from high school who would be like, oh, Sugi, like we really, you know, 
we really like your work like um we can help you out get more video or, you know like can you come on board to do this and that um which is great but also trying to run a business like that was something i was i never intended on doing and um so having someone like a really close friend of mine dre who um who has always actually been supporting me ever since we met at uni actually and um actually him and i did some little business things at uni as well together um video wise but um him coming just to get me on my feet um because he knew that and we both knew that i i just didn't really have any idea but the fact that he really believed in what i was doing and knew that i could do well in it um I think that's what was so awesome was just having friends that believe that believe in you and also realizing that even if you're running solo as well, like it's always better to do it and you know to, to always have people around you who who, who you, you know in a way in a being an environment that you know you help each other, you know. Um, mm. So that's definitely definitely um, a key thing as well as um, surrounding surrounding yourself with people who are supportive who you look up to admire and also can learn from and vice versa, you know, and who, you know, just be, just be nice, <laughs> I guess, like be kind, yeah. you know, I think that's just life's motto really. Um, so, you know, in a way it's, it's not a, it's not supposed to be a competition. It's, you know, everyone's in this together. So by helping each other out, like, yeah, you can all achieve great things, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I was very, very, yeah. So um, around the time when I was trying to start this as an, like second time around as an actual business, yeah, I was very fortunate to have a friend like Dre who, and um, others as well like Cam and pretty much just all, all my friends actually who just really believed in what I did and really loved what I did and um, yeah, just supported me. So yeah, so that I guess that links back to, um, you know, creating something that's personally that that's personally for you you know that that you you put your own personal touch to it and what resonates with you and when that happens if you believe in your work then everyone else will you know the rest will follow yeah kind of thing yeah 100 percent. doing something like this can feel lonely you know you know because you're doing it on your own so you're just like you, you know all the responsibilities on you but if, if you know so that's why you know surrounding yourself with friends and family or just whoever that support you you know and you support them, you know, that's that's how, you know, you can get through it. Um, so I suppose for the last point, like wrapping up here, what what is something that you would say to the listeners to keep in mind if they're trying to chase that sort of passion or career um, like you have and it might seem a bit unrealistic for them? I feel like if you if you want it enough, um, I, you, you know, you'll do anything to, to get there or to do it, right? Mm. So I think it's just... Um, keep going and even if even if um things are not looking that great um you know it it doesn't mean that hope is lost you know like um Mm. it could be something just around the corner so it's just i think it's more yeah just keep going just keep your head down keep creating um and don't think too much about the end game just take it a step at a time i think that was good and i think your story or your journey so far represents the like ups and the downs of that and also that you have remained consistent and I feel like that is the key in most situations like you said if you want if you want to achieve in something bad enough you'll like do anything to get it and you'll stay consistent and you'll make sure that you're still like working hard and and doing it despite what the end game might look like in that current moment yeah I think that really goes back to um 
um, the time when I got fired from my first job, it was just like, and just, mm. you know, I'm actually just thinking about it now. I haven't actually thought about that till you asked me. And I was kind of like, yeah, I think um, that moment when mum just kind of just um, comforted me and been like, look, this is actually, this is, this isn't even the end. I'm not even close. Like, this is just the beginning. Just, yeah, I think creatively as well, what's important too is that in the day, uh, make sure that you're pleased with the, with the, with the video or whatever you're producing, make sure that you're happy with it. Um, and don't get so caught up, caught up with what other people are doing and thinking like, that's what I need to do. And I guess that's how you, I guess, stick out from everyone else as well. Like anything that's very specific or personal to you, people will resonate, people will resonate with that more. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been awesome. I loved like hearing your story and everything that you've been through literally from being fired to having a career for yourself and doing all sorts of amazing videos. So well done to you and thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one.